0: More problems for Samsung as they are now being sued over their claims of water-resistant phones. More problems for Chicago as an incident right after a 4th of July celebration causes more mass panic and more violence. And more problems for Florida as a woman does something that a Florida woman you expect. She got dared to do something. And she made the attempt. We'll tell you what that was in a bit, but not quite yet because those stories were amazing, especially the Florida Roman story, but not quite top 10 material, not the top stories that you said were picked by you. You literally told me what stories to put in this week's program. You do it every single week, and we'll get to those in just a moment here on The Wrap-Up Show with Jay Cleveland Payne. This is for the week ending July the 6th, 2019. And welcome once again to the show. My name is Jay Covenpain, as stated and also stated, the show is called The Wrap-Up Show. This is a wrap-up of the weeks of news that you tell me which ones were the top stories based on the work at The Conversation Project at conversation.com. Now, that's a very simple project, very simple way to get into it. And you, of course, make this thing happen. How do I know what stories are the tops of the week? Well, I poll the Internet, or at least the people on the Internet who... Pay attention to us, and you can pay attention to us very simply following us on our social media channels. Our main channel is uh, our main channel I should say our Facebook and Twitter. We're also on Instagram, but you can't really vote there. On Facebook, follow us at This Is A Conversation. On Instagram, it's also This Is A Conversation, On Twitter it's T H underscore Conversation. Too many letters for Twitter, and all you have to do is follow us in your feed as all day long as you're checking things anyway, and you just respond to the stories that we send to you every 50 minutes or so we click out and send a link that to a news headline from various different sources so you can love them or hate them as well and if you love the headline and want to get into the story like it love it hate it respond to it read it share it the more engagement a story gets the higher a score gets every single week and we talk about them in the first segment right here on the wrap-up show in segment two, we have what we call the Almost Irrelevant Story of the Week. This is a story that, basically the very bottom of the list, and it's usually not so much irrelevant as it's basically posted late Friday or late late Thursday, early Friday. So it doesn't have enough time to get in there unless it's a very massive story. We'll talk about some stories that, that snuck in this week at the very tail end. But we'll do a hopefully a great story. We'll see how irrelevant it actually is. It is story number 189 this week. A bit of a slacking week, but we had some issues. And, of course, it was the holiday yesterday as we record this on Friday the 5th. So a lot of time spent staring in the sky and and doing fireworks. A lot of times helping some other people break down some other show stuff because I was doing some other show work this week as well. And in the third segment, we do shout-outs. This is the first week of the month, so we're going to have something new this week. This week, this month, going forward, we'll shout out our Patreon supporters as well as Facebook and Twitter lovers there as well. And we will round out the top 15, the stories from 11 through 15 that weren't quite in range for top 10. Some of the stories you heard in the tease and maybe talk about why they didn't quite make it into the tops this week. So without further ado, let's get into the show for this week and talk about the story at the number 10 spot. That story has a headline of this, Korean actress Jeon Ami Seon dead in apparent suicide. We pulled that from Variety on Saturday, June the 29th, and it lasted quite a bit to stick around to the 6th or 5th, as you want to. And oddly enough, we do a lot of stories, we because they come up in the ranks, on suicides. Obviously, they're mostly famous suicides, but there's always strings of things that seem weird. So, of course, we're going to open this up like we usually close these stories with a reminder of the suicide prevention lifeline. And if you feel that you are in need of help and you're in trouble, need someone to talk to, call them at 1-800-273-8255. Their website is, of course, suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Uh, There's various local agencies, there's all sorts of agencies anywhere. uh, You can just grab a friend, you can reach out to me, we'll talk for a little bit. If you feel like you're really, really, really desperate and don't see any other way but to be gone, that's the wrong way to go. So we'll we'll repeat that a few times within the show. Every time we have a story about suicide, we do that. So we will do this. It may get repetitive, but somebody needs this, so we're going to keep doing that, trust me. Now on to the story. Uh, that, like I said, we pulled it from Variety on Saturday, the 29th. So here's some lines from the actual story. Well known South Korean actress Jean Mee Soon was found dead around midday local time on Saturday in a hotel in Jinju. She was 48. Her manager, who raised the alarm after Jean had gone missing for two days, said that Jean had been suffering from depression. Local media reported that she was found hanged in the bathroom of her hotel room. Jeju police confirmed Jean's death, but said that they had not completed their initial investigation or come to a conclusion about the cause. They, con- they confirmed that she checked in for two days. She said that there was no said there were no signs of force entry, but added that no suicide note had been left. Here's a statement from the agency that that she that represents her. The late Jean Misun has received treatments for her depression. We regret that we bring sad tidings. It seems Jean had been largely depressed as she recently lost a family member while her mother had been ill in bed. Go deeper into the story. You can go deeper into all the stories you have by going to the website, this is the dot com. Click on the link for this week's podcast, and you will see the links to the stories as we read here. You can go deeper into the story. It goes through her bio, goes through the sto- movies she did and some more stuff in her life. She's a South Korean actress, so she's not very well known here, at least not to me at least. But this was a story that peaked its way into the top 10 list for you guys out there. This is a rather international audience out there. We get a lot of things from um, Southeast Asia, a lot of stuff from Australia and and, and England and Europe as well. So the diversity of the stories always intrigues me. And the story that pops up is the story we talk about. So I didn't choose this. You chose this. It's all that simple. Let's move ahead to the next story uh, in the nine spot this week. And that headline is, Man charged in death of Utah College student Mackenzie Lewick posted on Friday, June the 28th. It gets a bump in response. That means more people responded to the story than the previous story, the ten story, uh, by 8.91%. The story source is CBS News' website. We're going to go ahead and read you some lines from that website and some details on the story. A man was arrested Friday in the death of University of Utah student Mackenzie Lewick. A SWAT team arrested 31-year-old Iowa Ajai on suspicion of murder and kidnapping after search of his home revealed a fresh dig on his property, Salt Lake City Police Chief Mike Brown announced. Ajai was being held without bail. The Associated Press reports online court records show a judge ruled Friday afternoon that Ajai is a danger to the community and would be a threat if released on bail. Neighbors reported seeing smoke the day after Luick disappeared. Investigations revealed a grisly discovery. Here's a quote from the discovery. Excavation of the burned area was conducted, which resulted in the finding of several charred items that were consistent with personal items of Mackenzie Luick." Brown said other charred materials were located, which are now being determined to be a female human tissue. Lewick, 23, landed in Salt Lake City Airport on June 17th. She took a rideshare from there to a park around 11 miles away around 3 a.m. Police said she then got into another car that hadn't been heard from since. Though social media, through social media and phone records, authorities determined that Lewick communicated with Edge the day before disappearance. Police said they were also at the park. At the same time, police said Ajay denied having ever met Luick and said he didn't know what she looked like. It's unclear how Luick and Ajay knew each other. The police have yet to determine a motive. Deeper into details by going to go into the website. Of course, this is the theconversation.com. Clicking the link for this week's story. And you can also keep discussing the story, keep discussing things with me. Uh, if you don't like a story, if you don't like the way a story is presented, although I'm mostly presenting it from the news that's being presented and then of course maybe doing commentary you can talk to me about it email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com talk to us via our social media talk to us via the website chat with us so we can talk about what's going on and what you think about the stories so you want to go deeper into it and of course go deeper and let me know what you think there's a bit of a running joke among me and some fellow podcasters that this podcast is a excuse for me to make issues or make comments about blacky black, 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 black issues. And that's not the case, although I am African-American. I am in my 40s. I've lived enough life to, you know, have gone, you know, from the liberal to the conservative and back and forth. But this is not necessarily a podcast about the Black Issues, if you will, air quotes. However, plenty of The Black Issues find a way into the conversation because, as I said, you make it that way, so that gives me license to comment on them. So I will comment on this one after I read a few lines from the story, which we pulled from USA Today and we posted on Tuesday, July the 2nd. This is the headline, Hawaii's Mark Char wore blackface in sentencing for road rage stabbing gets life. This gets a bumper response from the number nine story of four point eight three percent. I will hold up my judgment, which will come after I read a few lines from USA Today. A man convicted in Hawaii court Monday for his role in a road rage attack wore blackface to court while giving a racist defense, wherein the accused accused the court of treating him like a black man. That's a quote. Mark Char, an Oahu, Hawaii resident, was found guilty in March of three counts of attempted at murder after he stabbed three people in 2016, a driver, a passenger, and an uninvolved third-party driver in what appeared to be road-rage-induced attack. One of the victims was stabbed five times and was hospitalized in critical condition after the stabbing, reported KGMB-TV. Char was, Char was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole on Monday. Quotes from Char. Now this kangaroo court is giving me a life sentence for me trying to protect and defend myself against the attack from three guys, in essence treating me like a black man. Of course, recorded by KGMB TV, Um, of course, Char is not black. If I prepared myself to play my part in your kangaroo court, treating me like a black man, so today I'm going to be a black man. If you look in the mirror, Mr. Char, you're not going to see a black person, said Judge Todd Eddins in his sentencing. KITV reported, You're going to see a menace. You're going to see a menace to society. Char used permanent black marker to give himself blackface, reported KGMB TV. Blackface is widely considered to be a racist caricature rooted in pre civil rights era ministry. Uh, men- I can't even say that. Ministry. Well, you know what it is, just, yeah, whatever, you, you, you get this. Blackface is stupid. Blackface is dumb. Blackface is always wrong. Don't get on black people for being mimes and doing whiteface, because it's not white facing. it's being a mime. If you want to put on a whiteface and be a mime and do what you want to, that's all fair and good. Putting on blackface is ridiculous, it's stupid, it's dumb. Killing people and blaming it on you know being treated like a black person is stupid. It's really racist. It's really dumb. This guy had some serious issues, and we'll probably never know the extent of them. And he was going to get a life sentence anyway. The blackface stuff obviously was not going to help his defense. So next time you are defending yourself, don't go with the uh, being treated like a black man defense, especially if you're not a black man, because it really, really isn't going to help you out at all. Moving to number seven story this week: rapper ASAP Rocky arrested in Stockholm after street brawl. Wednesday, July third. we posted this four point two six percent jump in response. There, this from AFP in Stockholm is your dateline. American rapper ASAP Rocky was Rocky was arrested in Stockholm this week, suspected of aggravated assault after a street brawl, part of which was caught on video. Swedish prosecutor said Wednesday. The incident took place on Sunday and was partly captured in a video published by celebrity news outlet TMZ. In the video, the artist, whose real name is Raheem Myers, can be seen throwing a young man into his, the street, then aiming several punches at him while the man is on the ground. Sweden's prosecutor authority said the artist had been arrested following an incident on suspicion of aggravated assault, together with three other people. Of the three others, two were suspected of aggravated assault and one just assault. There you go. On Tuesday, the rapper posted his own videos in Instagram, which he said showed the lead up to the clash. In those videos, the musician repeatedly asked a young man and his friends to walk the other way. Swedish prosecutors have until Saturday to decide whether to formally detain their artist. The prosecutor's authority told AFP they didn't want to comment on the level of evidence since it was, quote, too early in an investigation. A$AP Rocky was in Swedish capital for a concert, uh, of course, he was born in New York and had his breakthrough in 2011 with the release of the mixtape "Live Love ASAP." He followed up in 2013 with the debut 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 album "Long Live ASAP," and that's the whole story. So you don't really have to go deeper in that one. I don't see an update in on this one. It would seem that Mister Rocky or Mister ASAP is probably back at home someplace. We'll see what happens with that, but be careful! Be careful! <laughs> Be careful uh, when you become famous about the people who step to you, because as you can see, sometimes even if you're not at fault, you turn out to be at fault. Let's move on to the number six story this week, and this one goes about as political as going to get this week. Uh, it's it seems like with all the stuff going on, we got we got. We got no real political beef going on this week, no real serious things going on. Not a lot of Trump stuff popping up in the top fifteen for this week, uh, but we did have a sort of a quick scare that freaked people out, so people jumped on this one quickly. Tuesday, July the second, we posted this one: Mike Pence abruptly cancels New Hampshire trip, reason unclear. Bump of response from the seven story of seventeen percent. Let's read the lines from this one, also from USA Today. Vice President Mike Pence abruptly canceled a trip to New Hampshire Tuesday for reasons that were not immediately clear. Something came up that required the VP to remain in Washington, D.C. It's no cause of alarm, spokeswoman Alyssa Farah tweeted around noon. He looks forward to rescheduling the trip to New Hampshire very soon. Pence's top aide, Mark Short, told reporters that the reason for the cancellation would become known, quote, in a few weeks. Pence had been scheduled to meet with former patients at the Drug Addiction Treatment Center and comment on the opioid crisis. Reporters waiting for his arrival in New Hampshire tweeted around 11 a.m., 11.30 11 a.m., should say, that Randy Gently, the representative from Pence's office, announced the event was canceled. Quote, there's been an emergency callback, Gentry told those waiting. The vice president was asked to return to Washington, so his, so at this time we're going to cancel today's event. Farah. However, said Pence never left Washington. There was no emergency callback, she tweeted. So that's where it got really, really confusing on the fact that Pence actually never left Washington, D.C. He never got in the plane. He never started the action moving to New Hampshire. He just went straight to the White House for some reason. And all we know is we'll know about it in a few weeks. We don't know what the issue is. We don't know why the issue was there. We're assuming it's some sort of legislative package or some sort of plan they're going to roll out in a quote a few weeks but we won't know until it happens that's the most political thing i believe we have for this week pretty much of all that's going on the most politicized thing we have is the fact that mike pence basically ghosted a facility in new hampshire to do something that was much more important we'll see how much more important it was and what it was maybe in a few months Let's move on to the story in the number five spot. This one is an interesting story. And on in, in a week last week, where we were talking about Bernie Sanders talking about ageism. This is a case where ageism may actually count. Here is the headline we used in number five. L.A. Marathon disqualifies 70-year-old Dr. Frank Meza. Wednesday, July the 3rd, the day we posted this, boost of response of 2.33%. From the story, we're going to read you to you now. We pulled it off the Yahoo News site. They pulled it um, from their sports department. Someone wrote it in Yahoo Sports. Frank Meza broke a Los Angeles Marathon record in March when he crossed the finish line at 2 hours, 53 minutes, and 10 seconds. the Fastest time ever for a 70-year-old man. The Time was too fast, some proclaimed, prompting an investigation into the race. The next fastest time in his age group was recorded by Dan Abrams, then Adams, I should say, at four hours, ten minutes and seven seconds. On Monday, the LA Marathon agreed with Meza's skepticism, skeptics, sorry can't read today, deeming one stretch of Meza's race impossible and disqualifying the runner. Even though there was often little to nothing at stake in these races outside of the top finishers, the marathon community is serious enough about the integrity of the sport. MarathonInvestigation.com, a website obsessively dedicated to holding race cheaters accountable and much of the rest of the online running community, has set its sights squarely on MESA after the result. Here's a quote. At this point, I have no doubt... Site operator Derek Murphy told the Los Angeles Times in June about Mrs. cheating on the race. Click on the link for this one. Like I said, we pulled it off Yahoo Sports. I'm sure it's all over the place. It's probably a big thing in the LA Times, even that area. Pick up uh, or click on the link in this week's episode, and you can read deeper into the story. I'm not sure how deep you are into marathons. I am not. And marathon cheats, also not. But this is a serious issue for those who are in this community. And, of course, serious enough or at least quirky enough to pop itself into this week's top 10 in the five spot, which is pretty amazing as it is. So check it out. You want further details on the story. It gets really deep and really detailed and maybe a bit silly, if you will. But this may be a serious case of ageism where you may not believe that the old guy actually has that much motor in his tank. You be the judge of that. And then just email me and let me know what you think about that. Next story is a very sad story, and is a very tragic story. The way everything was found out. The headline: Los Angeles pitcher Tyler Skaggs found dead in Texas at 27. Monday, July the first date this was posted. This was the top Facebook story for the week. It's a bumper response total of fifteen point zero six percent. TMZ Sports is where we sourced it, but it was, of course, all over the place after word was released about an hour or so after he was found, and it was. Um, it's a big deal. Let's read a few lines from TMZ the way they posted it. The South Lake Police Department in Texas say cops were called to the Hilton Hotel at 218 PM about an unconscious man in a room. The South Lake PD adds, officers arrived and found the male unresponsive, and he was pronounced dead deceased at the scene. At the time, no foul play is suspected. The investigation is ongoing. We will release pertinent information as available. That was the update coming uh, later that day. And later that evening, they said no signs of suicide. Here's a few lines from the original posting now at this point. Los Angeles pitcher Tyler Skaggs was found dead in Texas on Monday morning, the team has announced. 27 year old had just pitched against the Oakland A's on Saturday. The team is currently in Texas to play the Rangers. Details surrounding his death are unclear. Major League Baseball has canceled Monday's night's nice game as a result. The Angels issued a statement saying, quote, it is with great sorrow that we report Tyler Skaggs passed away earlier than Texas. Tyler has and always will be an important part of the Angels family. Our thoughts and prayers are with his wife Carly and entire family during this devastating time. A lot of people reached out to the, the the Twitter sphere, the blogosphere, the internet to talk about what's going on. A lot of his friends, a lot of his co- cohorts, a lot of people just in sports reached out in and, and personal people that he knew with accolades about what he had going on. And of course, he just pitched literally two days earlier. So he seemed fine. He seemed healthy. He just went to his room and then no one really knows what happened. There's been no update publicly on what the cause of death is, uh, but they do say it was not a suicide. They talk about how happy he was, how he's only been married about a year or so and how young he was. We will definitely keep up with this one and you guys will probably jump on the results as soon as that happens because this was one that really really shocked a lot of people and a lot of us really don't know how to respond to that so we're going to just respond to it by moving on to the number three story and this one is a great one this one is an awesome one this is the headline we use mom prays seatmate of son with autism quote there are still kind people, unquote. USA Today posted this, and that's where we got it from. On Tuesday, July the 2nd, bump in response from the number four story of 101.4%. That's how much you love this one that much. Let's read you the full details of the story so you know what exactly went down with this. Alexa Bjornson said her son was flying solo for the first time from Las Vegas to Oregon to see his dad. The seven-year-old has high-functioning autism and, like many children, may frequently ask, are we there yet? Bjornsson said she was worried about her son, Landon, might wear down the Southwest Airlines seatmate, so she sought to turn the challenge into an incentive. She wrote a note explaining her son has autism, and she tucked $10 into the note as a thank you for whoever might help Landon feel safe and comfortable. I thought... How do I make it so whoever sitting next to him won't look at him as a burden, but more like, I can help this kiddo through the day, she told KATU. Landon wound up next to Ben Pedraza, who said he didn't need the $10 because the two got along great. He took a photo of Landon and himself on the nonstop flight and sent a comforting message to Alexa. Bjornsen shared the note with Pedraza and a cute picture of the two seatmates on her Facebook page, And the post has received 118,000 shares. Pedraza said he took her $10 and donated it to autismsociety.org or autism-society.org. Pedraza told KATU that the grade schooler was an easy traveling companion. But after a time, Landon told Pedraza that he'd had it with his brand of humor. Quote, we were cracking jokes. And after a while, he asked me to quit making dad jokes. Bronson wrote in her Facebook post that she's grateful for the stranger who showed her quote, there are still kind people in the world who make a difference unquote, go to the website, click on the link for this story and see the picture of the two just chilling out together. It's an amazing story. This is a wonderful heart wrenching story. And hopefully the next time I'm on a flight, I do have the sense to give someone that sense of kindness. Although let's be honest, I can be kind of a jerk on air flying flights. So Hopefully I will know better when the case arrives. And if someone is being a jerk to me, I'll have the capacity to, you know, live through it, I guess. Let's keep on moving to the next story in the listing for today. And this one is one that really did amaze me that it made it right here because I thought this was a done deal. Internet celebrities and Instagram celebrities and influencers are people, you know, people who I really have no idea who they are, don't understand who they are, is a mystery to me because, well, I'm trying to be bigger on the Instagrams, but the people who are usually do it without very much talent. This is one that's come back as a previous number one story, almost there this week. In the number two spot this week, she's back. It is the hood line like this. Jaclyn Hill deleted her Twitter and Instagram accounts following backlash against her disastrous lipstick launch. Business Insider put this out there, so it's a legit story, air quotes, bumper response of 17.4% from the number three story. So that big story, number three spot, took a lot to get there. This one took a lot to get where it was. Let's read a few lines from Business Insider. Jaclyn Hill has seemingly left social media following backlash against her disastrous lipstick launch. On Wednesday, the beauty YouTuber appears to have deleted her Instagram and Twitter pages. Her YouTube channel, however, is still active. Many are now speculating why Hill seemingly chose to delete the two accounts. While some believe Hill needed a break from the internet to protect her mental health, others believe a recent YouTube video posted by Merlina Mar- Schell, the CEO of cosmetics brand Makeup Geek, led her to step away. Some people have also accused Hill of attempting to hide information about her makeup brand, Jacqueline Cosmetics, and gain pity from her followers. On Tuesday, the search for her account leads to the message that says, this page does not exist. A similar message appeared on Instagram as a search for Jacqueline Hill's page led to the message saying, sorry, this page isn't available. Go to the website, click on the link for this week's a podcast and click on the link for this one and go deeper into what's going on. Hill did not release an official statement before seemingly dealing her accounts, So we don't really know what the deal is, but there's a whole lot of speculation. And since she's got a bench of turmoil in her life, you can speculate that a whole lot of that has something to do with all that. So go deeper into the story by going to our website, clicking on the link for this week's podcast, clicking on the link for that story and then respond to me via email, the conversation inbox at gmail.com, also via social media, however you want to. We can chat about this one uh, quite a bit. As I said, I have no idea who Jaclyn Hill is and didn't particularly care, but if you guys cared enough to bring her this high two times within the span of about a month, then she's somebody I need to keep on my radar. So let's talk about her. And finally, we're going to the number one story this week, and I said we weren't going to get too political, but this one... um, is isn't so much political, and also isn't so much blacky, black, 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 but it's just another case of privileged people doing extremely, extremely stupid things. Let me read, well, let's get the stats first. We've got to do this properly. So the stats for this story. This story, in the number one spot, uh, it gets a bumper response from the number two story of 45.2%. From the number 10 story this week, which is, of course, Korean actress uh, John mi soon and her parents' suicide, uh, 463.16%. And from the number 189 story, this week's almost relevant story of the week, 4,246. That's how much, how much more engaging that one was. Not quite as large as past ones, but it is what it is. Here is your headline. Let's deal with it. Boris Johnson defends calling black people "pickaninnies" with watermelon smiles and gay men "bum boys" as satirical comments. Business Insider pulled this one as well, Monday, July the first. Boris Johnson is who is Boris Johnson? Boris Johnson is a politician over in the UK, over in Great Britain, and. It's so a lot of back and forth about Boris Johnson. He's essentially uh, Trump Lite, if you will, and that's, that's I probably uh, am messing that up. But he's a guy that that Trump right now is back to take over or take the prime minister seat. Now that Theresa May is stepping down, it's m- amazing. The politics are there. It's different from here, so it's hard to explain it. But Boris Johnson um, has some issues, and I will say this comment first before I read it, and I'll probably say it again. You've got to be some old school, really, really whacked out racist to pull up pickaninnies. I mean, seriously, nobody, nobody under nobody under 30 has any idea what that's all about. But now they do. Let's read some lines from Business Insider. Will Boris Johnson has refused to apologize for articles he has written referring to black people as pickaninnies with watermelon smiles and calling gay people bum boys, saying this comments were wholly satirical. There you go. The front runner for replaced Theresa May as Britain's prime minister told Sky News that his comments have been, quote, wretched out of context, unquote. Oh, actually, more quote. I think if you look at each and every one of those articles, the quotations have been wretched out of context in some cases to mean the opposite of what I intended. Johnson said, adding that the comments had been made in, quote, a wholly satirical way. Johnson was asked about a Telegraph column from 2002 in which he referred to a visit to Africa by the U.K. Prime Minister at the time, Tony Blair. It is said that the Queen has come to love the Commonwealth partly because it supplies her with regular cheering crowds of flag-waving piccaninnies. He wrote, later referencing the African people as having, quote, watermelon smiles. I've never thought I was going to say those words so many times in one article. There, there goes the sky. Johnson record record of the homophonic comments also raised by sky in the business insider. Previously revealed as business insider. Previously revealed as I can't read the 1998 telegraph column about the resignation of former labor business secretary Peter Mandelson, who is gay from the labor government. Johnson said the announcement would lead to bumbling of tank top bum boys in the Ministry of Sound nightclub and the soft-lit Soho drinking clubs frequented by Mandy and his pals. He added that Mandelson's departure would cause the, quote, lipstick, unquote, to come away from Blair's government. And he wrote more. So much more. Which is sort of a problem when you've got so many years in an industry and so much content going on and there's a change in the mindset while you're going through all those years. Because it's one thing to start off racist and end racist when th- racism is pretty cool. It's a totally other thing when the racism thing, at least overtly, is not so great. And when you get caught, they tend to throw it at you. The flip side is, apparently when you get caught these days, it doesn't really matter anymore. Depending on who you are. So if you got the power, got the time, and you're obviously an old white dude... Whether you're here or across the pond, you can say stupid things like pickin' any. Still, I don't understand it. I don't understand it, but I understand you guys wanted this one in there. By the way, top Twitter story of the week was that one. So, we did it. Ten stories that you said were the tops of the week. And I can see why you guys were annoyed by, by Boris Johnson. Can't always see why it's the number one story. But I can see why it was a top story. Why it was so high on the week. But maybe you can't see why that one was so high or why some other one wasn't high enough or low enough or something that you know happened this week didn't make it into that range. You can help us out. Remember, we post a news story about every 50 minutes on our social media. Facebook, this is a conversation. Twitter, TH underscore conversation. And so as you're just checking your feed throughout the day, see what we have going on and as you see stories, headlines and details of things that you want to engage in, Interact, like, love, hate, share, talk about it, email me to go through the website, do what you need to do, but the more interaction that the story gets, the higher it scores up, and we get something like this one, which is uh, proving, unfortunately proving that this may be a more black, 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 black black podcast than I try to say it is. Maybe it is, and I'm, I'm in denial, maybe I'm trying to pull a fast one on you, who knows. What I do know is, coming up in just a moment, we're going to get to the almost relevant story of the week, the story that... Ranked low, and we got some housekeeping with some interesting housekeeping because of the holiday split. Thursday holidays always throw me off, and yesterday was quite a crazy day. So we'll talk about how some of the numbers may not be skewed, but aren't quite as large as they've been lately here on The Wrap-Up Show with Jay Cleveland Payne for the week ending July the 7th, 2019. You can support the Conversation Project by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash thisisconversation and see about the articles there. See about the levels there, while you can help us out here. And, of course, you can stop by our sponsors. We have sponsorships at our website and pepper them throughout the day in our feeds. Click a link and see if they can help you out. One of our sponsors that we're going to highlight this week because they are always awesome is Warby Parker. Warby Parker will offer you a great pair of subscription glasses, premium subscription glasses for as low as ninety nine dollars. Yes, you can get really, really great glasses at the guy down the street, but they're probably not going to cost you just straight up ninety nine dollars. It's probably going to be a hassle to get there. You have to deal with all the you know the people and the clients and paperwork. Warby Parker says, send us your prescription, pick out five frames. We'll send them to you, try them out, and keep the ones you want for just $99. These are for regular glasses, also sunglasses, all great eyewear. What Warby Parker figured out was if we can send cheap glasses to third world countries so that people can see and do it effectively and cheaply, cost effectively, then why can't we do it for people who just want good glasses and can afford to make it work? So Warby Parker has has they do have various stores across the nation, so you can get a similar experience, but check it out. You don't have to leave your house. You pick five frames, they send them to you, and when you're done, you send back the ones you don't want, keep the ones you want for just $99. Other great deals as well. But we have an extra special treat if you go through our website and our link. Stop by this it's a conversation.com slash Warby Parker. This is the conversation.com slash Warby Parker and get a great extra special deal on top of all the great extra stuff they have. And it'll help us keep the conversation going as well. Check them out. You will not be sorry. You will always be satisfied with help from Warby Parker. Let's begin with the housekeeping for this week. The issues about the countdown, the counts, and how things worked out. And housekeeping is really actually very light. There wasn't anything that was out of the ordinary, anything that was really, really crazy. We did have an issue with the count, per se. Now, 189 was the number of articles that we pulled for this week, and that is a bit lower than normal. We've had at least 200 or up to 210, 212 or so on a regular basis, and it's been fluctuating back and forth, as I said, mostly because I've been fluctuating back and forth with my schedule. I literally had an issue come up in the middle of the day yesterday, which was also a national holiday. Number one, it was the fourth of July and I was doing fourth of July things, so that meant a lot of things got slipped. A lot of things slipped through the cracks. A couple of days we missed some deadlines of posting some stuff, get some things posted ahead of time, so we had some holes going there as well. And to make it even worse or even different, was in the middle of my 4th of July festivities, personal-wise, I got called away to a late gig, a late-ish gig, which meant uh, literally the overnight stuff, the posting into the wee hours of the morning for Friday, did not happen because I didn't get a chance to review those stories. So we had a very shortened version of the Countdown this week. In fact, we had basically very few stories popped in on Friday morning that could even have a chance to fight for what's going to be our irrelevant story of the week, which doesn't really matter. I guess it would really matter because then we'd have a lot of stories that were very, very low, but because they didn't have a good time frame for what we call our Friday to Friday spots, we just didn't worry about them. So the store we have is still relatively low. As you can tell from difference in the lowness from the bump and response rate from the number one story that we replied already. So still relatively low, but it's one that was posted all the way on Saturday, June 29th and basically lived throughout the entire week until latest Thursday when we post some stuff. We did post some things Friday morning and there was a very big story that was very relevant to talk about today. And we have a feeling that it might actually pick up steam because these things are relevant and it may be a double shot for next week. It's going to be the first double shot we've had since we've revamped how we were doing on the counts. But because of the holiday, because of some other weirdness, and because of some very late-ish things I've been doing to uh, work on, literally the conversation, some other projects going on, there are some holes in time where there's normally a time to check in and see what stories are in and post them out there. There are some holes that did not get filled. So 198, which is still a pretty amazing number, is all the stories we had to post for this week. That being said, story number 198 has a headline that reads like this. Gamer loses sponsorship, receives death threats for saying, quote, men are trash. The Insider, which it's, is a gaming um, blog or basically a, a gaming lifestyle blog, is where we got this information from, we got this story from. And you will find that this may be something you want to click on and check in on. This is something that may be of much bigger interest than the seemingly calling it inconsequential, insignificant story may lead it to, to be. Of course, we don't give much reference to this one other than, you know, how it get more or less got there when it was posted and its bump in response. This was responded by much, much more than the number one story, but only by 4,246 or so percent. And sometimes there are much larger jumps. But that's the reference on where it stands within the account. Let's give you some bits of the story, and you can check the link for the full story at our website, this is a conversation dot com. Click on the link for this week's podcast and you will see all the links to all the stories we talked about. So from the headline or from this from the Insider Magazine blog site, the Internet can be a tough place, especially when you're a woman. The gaming world can be particularly challenging with trolls sending sexist insults and even rape threats to women in the industry in a series of tweets on June 21st. Gamer Gabriela Katsuzo defended herself against a sexist remark but ended up losing her sponsorship with a gaming hardware manufacturer company, Razer. In the tweets, she responded to another Twitter user who commented on a video of her riding a mechanical bull by saying, quote, You can ride me if you want. There's always going to be a eft in the head macho man to talk s." And sexualize women until the woman starts making jokes, right? Katsu said in a now deleted tweet, according to Katua. And this is why men are trash, she added, that they those who are not are exceptions. A lengthy debate ensued on Twitter between Katsuzu fans and critics of her words. On june twenty third, Katsuzu apologized for her phrasing, deleted the tweets, and wrote a new one. I reacted rudely to the boy who made a bad joke and ended up cursing a lot of people in the process, and I apologize for that. She said, I do not apologize for having defended me. I will always defend myself. However, to Razor, the damage had been done, and the company said it would not be renewing the contract with Kaduzu. In a tweet translated by... Raduqua Moyhan, Business Insider's Translations Editor, the company said, with reference to the recent events, we would like to make clear that influencer Gabby Kazuzu is not a spokesperson for Razor and was never an ambassador representative for the company. And it goes on to go deeper and deeper about that. Uh, This is a, um, uh, because they're a, um, they're out of Brazil, so they spoke, the the. The quote, the the, the picture, uh, was in um, Portuguese, so it had to be translated for most people. But this is, a, this is a weird, very weird instance of the words you say, the consequences of those words having severe consequences of your actions. Uh, this is someone who was standing up to herself, and she did it in a rude way, in not the best way possible, obviously, and so she got punished for it. But the problem was she was pushing back at someone who was not being very nice to her. And while she could have let it go, she could have joked about it. She could have said it in much cleaner words. She didn't. So she is fine to stand up for herself. She is fine to defend herself. Uh, Razor is fine to break off its relationship with her because of whatever they did. You can debate with me more or less on whether it really is the right decision by going to uh, your email machine, sending me something at the conversation inbox at com or talking to us via social media and on the website there as well. I say this is a foul deed, but it's all fair as in it's legal. It's not a nice thing to do, but it's something that could be done. You want to disagree with me? We can talk about that offline or online, technically, if you will. In the meantime, we will go offline for a moment and then come back to talk about our shout outs, including the first of the month Patreon shout outs. The very first, first of them on the Patreon shoutouts and round up the top 15 here on the wrap up show from this is and the conversation project. This is the wrap up show for the week ending July the 7th, 2019. <music> Laura lives in a cabin in the woods of California. And she has decided after a long time of just having the crazy life that we all tend to want to have or think we want to have, she was going to have a peaceful life. And she did that, and she decided to talk about it with stories, inspiration, and affirmations to return your life to peace and joy, just like she found. And she does it in the Peaceful Life podcast, found at the Peaceful. Dot life. Now, this is one that is an interesting pick for me because as a fan of Laura, someone I found in a podcasting group about a year or so ago, I was very drawn into her style and her message, even if it's not exactly the lifestyle that I'm living. But you've got to have diverse inf- information images coming into you. A few months ago, uh, she decided to go on hiatus. She didn't pod fade. She didn't kill the podcast, but she went on hiatus and essentially would come back whenever she had something worth saying. And a few weeks ago, she had something worth saying with a new episode on self-care. In fact, she asked the community before she went back on the air, the online air, what they thought about self-care. And she used their comments in the actual thing. And she gives some pretty good detail on what self-care is and what people think self-care is and how there's a big difference. So this is not something that you're going to see updated frequently, not daily, not weekly. It's sort of it is what it is. But once you take a few listens, you may find this may be the best podcast that you've found in a long time. And she's got 64 episodes previous that you can dig into and get really deep. And they're all, they're all pretty evergreen. They all pretty let's last or self-contained. So you can take that message and use it anytime you want to. So I'm asking you to check out my friend, Laura, who lives in a cabin, a peaceful cabin in the woods of California, and check out the Peaceful Life podcast. And it's very simple. It's at thepeaceful.life. Go to thepeaceful.life and check out my friend Laura's podcast, the Peaceful Life podcast. As I often say, this does not work without you. The podcast, I could talk into a microphone for an hour just rambling, but I'd have to have the content, and the content that I get is from you guys out there responding on the Twitter and the Facebook. So thank you so much. This is where we show, us, show you some love from us by talking about shout-outs, shouting out the people. And because we just launched the new Patreon site, and so patrons can help keep the conversation alive, the first week of the month is the Patreon shoutout week. And quick shout-outs on the Patreon to Rants and Reason, who is actually Context and Clarity. Good friends from the podcast, Context and Clarity. Thank you so much for helping me keep my podcast going, as I love what you guys are doing. And a pledge from the world's most dangerous canine, Rudy, who I'm pretty sure the pledge is actually from... His owner, because I don't think Rudy actually earns that much of a living, although he does have quite a following. Thank you very much to Rudy and the owner for giving in a little bit of change, a little bit of cheddar to help keep the conversation going. Check out patreon.com slash this is a conversation if you want to get the first of the month shout outs and help keep this conversation going financially. As I said, this means I need people to just keep up with the conversation in general. So you don't necessarily have to pitch in any change although it's great you can uh, also help by just following along and giving extra love inside of social media start off with the twitter extra love this week including spark radio dash chicago also world famous foundation and news buff m back to them again aarp goddess who is one of my usual suspects here florida man bot because we had a florida man story this week and also love on twitter again to enrico ferrera and to will hi will and High Class Magazine. Going to Facebook, some love from folks who gave us extra love, liking, loving, sharing uh, some of our stuff on Facebook this week. And that stuff includes people like Ruth Ann Miller, Tony Brown, also Derek Jones, Deborah Lee Scott, Audra Allen, Don Parker, and Jack Womack. Thank you so much for you guys for helping spread the word and just showing that you love me. You really, really love me now let's wrap things up literally by rounding out the top 15 getting to the end of this whole shebang and moving on from there stories that you heard some in the tees and some other ones that didn't quite make it into the top 10 not quite high enough to be spotlighted this week so we spotlight them at the end Um, yeah that's just what we do The number 11 story for this week was sourced from the BBC, the BBC News' website. Uh, It goes with this headline, Samsung sued over water-resistant phone claims. And as a person who is a big user of Samsung products, my cell phone and my tablet and my daughter's tablet, all Samsung items, I love their products, and I love what they do, and I love their brand of Android because I use their products all the time. Uh, but, you know, they have the things where the notes were blowing up and the folding phones didn't fold so well. And now they're being sued about the claims that the phones are being water-resistant, which apparently they're not as resistant to water as advertised, which can be a problem for a consumer. Let's read a little bit from the BBC. The Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, ACCC, Alleges Samsung's adverts made false claims about using its phones while swimming and surfing. The ACCC said it had reviewed more than 300 Samsung adverts before launching its legal action. Samsung told Reuters it would defend the case and stood by its adverts. In the statement, the ACCC said Samsung adverts depicted phones being exposed to seawater and swimming pools and claimed that this would not affect the device during its working life. Although Samsung adverts say its phones have an IP68 water resistance, said the ACC, see, the rating does not cover salt water or that found in swimming pools. Samsung's own website advises people against using the Galaxy S10 in a swimming pool or on a beach, said the Consumer Watchdog. Samsung had not done enough testing to make its advertised claims about the longevity of its products, alleges the ACC. Quote, Samsung showed the Galaxy phones used in situations they shouldn't be to attract customers, said the ACCC. If Samsung is found guilty of misleading consumers, it would face a huge fine. That's the full article right there. It's very quick, very simple, very easy. You can look up more details on that. Or if you are Australian, let me know how this thing is actually going. Email me at thisisaconversation.com. Actually, that's our website. Don't email me there. Email me at the conversation inbox at gmail.com or message me through the website. This is a conversation.com. Let's move on to our next item in the not quite there. And that's number 12 for this week. Sam Bruno mall shooting police searching for suspect at least to hurt Tuesday, July the 2nd is the day that this was posted, and the day we put it on there. It was posted early in the day. And let's go to a little bit from that story. We pulled this from CNN.com. At least two people are injured after a shooting at the shopping mall in San Bruno, California, police said. Police responded to reports of a shooting at the Tamforin Mall on Tuesday afternoon. When officers arrived, they found two victims with gunshot wounds, San Bruno Police Chief Ed Barbarino said. Both were treated by paramedics and have been taken to a local hospital, he said. Investigators did not believe the shooting was random. We believe that we may have two separate shootings, Barbarino said, according to the shooter's adding that the shooters may have been firing at each other or at someone else. The shooting promoted a heavy police response in the area and the closing of a nearby train station. Go deeper into the story by going to the link at com. Click on this week's podcast link and you'll see all of our articles today, including this one right here in the 12 spot, which is this one here. The number 13 this week, Navy Pier Stabbing Causes Chaos After Fourth of July Fireworks. This one posted early this morning, and so it got enough chance to get close to the top 10, but not quite there. Chicago Sun-Times is the source of this story, and this is one that is disturbing. One for Chicago, one for the fact that it's violence in general, and one for the fact that it's literally after a Fourth of July celebration. Let's read a few lines from the Chicago Sun-Times article. Three people, including two teens, were stabbed and more than a dozen others injured in a subsequent stampede at Navy Pier following the 4th of July fireworks display. A fight broke out between a group of males around 10:10 p.m. after gang signs were flashed, Chicago police said. The trio was stabbed during the fight. A 15-year-old boy was stabbed in the armpit and was taken to Lurie Children's Hospital, police said. Another boy, 14, was stabbed in the arm, rib, and taken to the same hospital. Both of their conditions were stabilized. Police say a 30-year-old man who wasn't involved in the fight was stabbed in the face and arm, but couldn't remember any details of the incident. He was taken to Northwestern Memorial Hospital, where his conditions were stabilized. An unknown person threw what is believed to be firecrackers in the venue, police said. Someone in the crowd then yelled, Gun! And a stampede followed. Chicago Police Sergeant Rocco Alito said at a news conference, 14 people were trampled and taken to hospitals with injuries that were not life-threatening. There was also initially a report of a person shot, Alito said. That person turned out to be a man who punctured his leg when he ran into an overturned table in the stampede, Alito said. No shots were fired. Go deeper into the story. I'm sure this is big news if you're in the Midwest. Definitely big news if you're in Illinois. And, of course, we'll probably see more details of this. It's something that of a national story because there seems to be so much, and I say seems to be, so much violence in Chicago. We don't really think about it except for, like, overall numbers, just kind of wash over stuff. You can go deeper into the story by clicking on the link for this week's um, podcast and see what the Sun-Times have or research more of it on your own. At 14 this week, headline, Newark International Airport grounds all flights due to, quote, airport emergency. ABC News posted this one on Saturday, June 29th, or at least they, they posted it, and we posted it on Saturday, June 29th. And it only made it into spot number 14 this week. Here are a few lines from the ABC News site's oh, uh, updated version, which now has a headline of, Newark International Airport reopens after grounding flights for an hour from the headlines or from the story to say. Newark Liberty Airport reopened Saturday morning after grounded all flights into and out of the airport due to a, quote, airport emergency, unquote, for the second time in two weeks. Quote, full flight activity restored EWR, United Aircraft, forced to make emergency landing has been removed from the runway. Expect residual delays. Thunderstorms to the west beginning an impact EWR flight schedule. Check your carrier for flight status. The report airport tweeted at 2.0. 16 p.m. on Saturday. At 8.20 a.m., United Flight 2098, which is an Airbus 319, landed on the runway 22L at Newark, a law enforcement source told ABC News. Air departed LaGuardia Airport for Houston, but was diverted to Newark with a hydraulic issue. Upon landing, the left main gear blew and the front landing gear was damaged and the aircraft was evacuated, the source said. There were 133 people on board, including crew. Two were taken to Terminal C. The law enforcement officials said that 13 minor injuries were reported and that the injured travelers were evaluated at the scene and released without requiring any further medical attention. The ground stop is the second such incident at Newark involving United Airlines in as many weeks, On June 15th, United Airlines flight skidded off the runway upon landing, causing a temporary halt in flights. That incident involved a different kind of aircraft, that of Boeing 757-200. So issues in Newark, issues, I'm not sure why Newark is such a big deal, but I guess two weeks in a row makes it a pretty big deal to want to deal with. And finally, wrapping it up completely with this 15 story and Florida woman messing with Florida man, where the headline is... woman stabs boyfriend in the chest with steak knife after he told her, quote, you don't have the balls to do it, unquote. Newsweek, oddly enough, is our source for this. You would think they'd put out more, you know, serious stuff, but oh, no, this was big. Wednesday, July the 3rd, the date that we posted this. And here is a little bit of what went down with Florida man and woman last week. A Florida woman was arrested and charged with attempted first-degree murder last Friday after being accused of stabbing her boyfriend in the chest with a steak knife, police said. Nicole Marion Pelletier, age 18, threatened her partner during an argument at their home in a 200 block of Northeast 10th Avenue in Pompeo Beach. She believed he had been cheating on her and after grabbing the weapon said, quote, I will kill you and everybody in this house, unquote, local media outlet WPLG reported. Not sure how they knew that, but that's what they reported. According to the Broadward Sheriff's Office, the suspect knifed the 23-year-old boyfriend after he taunted her by saying, quote, you don't have the balls to do it, unquote. He was stabbed on the left side of his chest, police said. After a knife was thrust into his body, the boyfriend, who has not been named, fled into the bathroom. The victim and Pelletier used a towel to apply pressure to the wound and called 911 LPLG. Report it. The couple's six month old daughter was in the apartment at the time, but not harmed. Please note it. Go to the website, click on the link for this one, and get deeper into detail because it goes really, really deep and it's really, really insane. But this is one that, like I said, barely made it into the mentions this week. Uh, Missed it by a couple spots to make it into the top ranks. But we're talking about it just enough to be talked about in what little way that it is. So there you go. We got it. We're done. That's 15 stories that are 16, technically, with uh, with the almost relevant one that are in the books for this week. Because you said which ones were most important, kind of important, and not all that important as you do every single week. How does that happen? You follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Twitter, we are TH underscore conversation on Facebook. This is the conversation. And also Instagram, this is the conversation as well. And, of course, the main website, which is, of course, com. Way too many things to remember, but what you do need to remember is once you start following us, Keep checking in on us because every single day, every 50 minutes or so, we post a new news story for you to respond to. Like them, love them, hate them, share them, reply to them. Just respond to the stories. Be engaging into the stories. And the more engagement the story gets, the higher it goes up into the rankings. And then we have a countdown every single week, a podcast just like this. Thank you so much for our Patreon supporters. If you want to help us out and support us, check us out at this is a conversation's Patreon page. Patreon.com slash this is the conversation. Thank you for checking out our sponsors and especially this week's special sponsor, our spotlight sponsor. We'll find a name for that eventually, Warby Parker. If you go to this is the conversation.com slash Warby Parker, there's an extra special deal for you when your glasses purchase this week. And the biggest thing that we say is share what you get, share what you love, share what you have with the rest of the world so we have a greater pool of conversationalists to have greater conversations with. So, Share it with some friends, share it with a few enemies, share it with random strangers. Take their phones out of their hands as they're walking down the street and subscribe to the podcast for them and hand it back and then say, you're welcome and move on down the line. They'll be so they'll be so engaged, so in shock with the great content you handed them. They won't know what to say, and what they do say. They, they probably won't really know what's going on in their heads. Make sure you yourselves are subscribed to us at anywhere your favorite pods or cast because we're all over the place and once again thank you thank you thank you contact me directly via jclevenpain.net or jclevenpain at gmail.com and the show is of course the conversation inbox at gmail.com and as i've said about 800 times this is a conversation.com this doesn't work without you so make sure you're a part of it if you didn't like the lineup for this week the stories you picked then you need to do something much better to keep the stories you like in the countdown Next week, going from 10 to 1, Casey Kasem style, we'll let you know what stories were the most important. Another the week, most conversational stories not stuck. That was just whatever the Chiron was stuck on that day. And you will have the full say with the Conversation Project from thisisaconversation.com.